And um, I really just want to share from God's word, and then I want to make four commitments to us and you. I want to lead, and I'm asking you to follow. So quickly, uh, we'll go through that. And um, I was going to go Ephesians 4, so that might be on the bulletin, but we're going to go James 1. And the nine gentlemen at the breakfast yesterday got a little bit, so we'll get the rest today. Because not only is it ordination Sunday, I'm not going to forget the elephant in the room. It's the last Sunday before our country tries to redeem itself from the last 10 months of election business. So hopefully we can all be encouraged, hopefully we can all hear the Lord's wisdom, and hopefully we can all continue to pursue Jesus uh, after this Sunday, after this Tuesday, and for however long we have breath, because none of us know. Let me pray, and we'll be in James 1, verse 16. Father, help me. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the history, and thank you for the the calling um, of leadership and the pastorate and all those different things that sometimes get jumbled into, oh, you're a minister, so help me and help us, and uh, let us just celebrate your goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll go through the four things, and the goal is not to put these in the scriptures, but I've looked at the scriptures and got these out of the scriptures. That's the goal, okay? But one of the pledges I make to you guys and us as a family is I pledge to be aware of two things, For my soul and our souls, I will be aware of the goodness of God in our culture out there, because he is good, and I will be aware of the evil out there, and I will try and balance that with the word so we can lead and see clearly, because there is good in our world. Don't be fatalistic. Don't be a fatalistic Christian. Don't just cast hate and disparage fear everywhere. God is at work in our world, amen? Amen. It might be dimmer in our culture, but he is at work, and I want to be aware of that. I want to see that and point that out with you. I'm not the only one. You guys are there, too, but I also don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We do live in crooked times, the world. We lived in a fallen world. We'll say it that way, and there are dangers and pitfalls and evil, and I will pledge to you and to us to be aware of those and just put them out there. You guys have known me for a long time. I don't bludgeon anybody. That's maybe a fault sometimes. And as you get to know me, I'll put it out there, and I will literally pray, God, help your people, and when called, counsel and different things come, but I'll be making it a point to be aware of those things. The second thing is learning. I want to learn always. I want to learn every day. I hope you do too. I've known some older folk The ones that are doing really well are still learning every day. The ones that might not be doing as well physically and and whatnot, some of them, my own family specifically, uh, chose to stop learning. And ideally you want to learn from God's word and his mission and his gospel, but we want to learn from other people as well. And this is the hard part. We even want to learn at times, and we'll get there, from people who don't think like us all the time. That's how we learn. That's how we gain Wisdom, God can use that. we got to believe that. So I'll be committed to learn and to try and do my duty covered by God's grace to learn. I am committed to reflect on what I have learned. I don't reflect as much as I should. Um, and that's something I'll, hopefully as I get older, maybe I'll have a little more, more time to reflect without a three-year-old, but that's a whole different story, right? But reflecting on God's word, reflecting on his faithfulness, taking time to reflect on, yes, my experience, 
is what the scriptures tell us at times God uses to give us wisdom. Wisdom's from him. But remember, if we walk around saying, God, where are you? God, I can't see you. God, where are you? Hey, 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 hey. Sometimes we have to slow down and reflect and pray and be quiet, and then God's voice becomes louder and understandable at times. So reflection is good. We Americans don't reflect at all. You want to know why? That's a generalization. Don't ever do that. I just did. Mostly because of these. Even in our online devotionals, which are great, but to reflect. And I've reflected a lot this last year because do you know and understand what God's done in this church in the last year? This doesn't happen, by the way. Usually when church merges happen, a new church starts about nine months as the average down the way, and one church stays. Usually there's a big breakup, but God has been good to us. We need to reflect on that. We do have a canvas talking about that. We have conversations. We get together. We'll have more dinners and parties, and some of the things that I commit to do is to reflect on God's goodness even when it's hard. Reflect on what God has done. For the most part, the merge has been pretty good. Some folks have left. Godspeed, praise God. They've done that well. Some folks have moved on, and that's God's calling. But for the most part, this merge has gone somewhat smoothly, and that's nothing I've really done. It's God's work, and let's reflect on that. And then last, and we'll get to the scriptures in a minute, but I commit to take action. I like to talk, obviously. I'm up here for 35, 40 minutes a Sunday. My father-in-law's alma mater, you know what their tagline was? Their uh, military. Acta non verba. You know what that means in Latin? Actions, not words. Because as, the, as, the, as old as the earth is, talking is nice and we need to do it, but it's far easier than actually getting involved, right? And taking action upon the things the Lord told us to take action. So quickly, let's see if we see this. Let's see if Dave's study was somewhat accurate before he gets ordained. That would be a good thing. James 1, verse 16. James 1. I wanted to teach a little bit on James before Advent. It's not going to happen. We might start that at the new year. But as I told you before, James is Jesus' half-brother. James was not always a believer. James laughed at Jesus growing up and then was converted and then was a pastor for at least 30 years in and around Jerusalem. What happened in 70 A.D.? Boom, Jerusalem vanished. James knew everything about life. He was a pastor. He was one who dwelled with people and people for 30 plus years. He was different, not better than Peter or Paul, just different. His view is through a different lens. It's all true. But as a pastor, James is writing mostly to Christians, living under empire, living under a false government who had false religions and was persecuting Christians. And in James' writings, he wasn't so much concerned with that. He would call trials, joys, and different things. But he was really more concerned with the body. That's what a pastor's concerned with. So if you're frustrated that I haven't been too concerned with Hillary or Donald, it's not my job per se. My job is he concerned with us, right, in our hearts. And that's what we see from James' writings. Look at James 1.16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? The Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
I go back to awareness and learning. Some of our mission as a church is to tell a non-believing world that very fact. That's the first part of the gospel. There is a God and he is good. And he is light and there is no darkness in him. And he sent his son and he has never changed. And he's hung on a cross for the souls of men and women, all who would believe. And then his son said, there's a third way. My way. My father's way. Come and pursue. So when we see the scriptures, we just don't go, oh, James wrote something really cute and nice. But we can see what the big picture is teaching and go verse by verse and go, oh, yes. Look at verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. Is James talking about this when he says the word of truth? It's a trick question. Pastor's tricking you. Yes and no. Not literally when James was writing. Who is the word of truth? Jesus Christ. That's who it is. This, these pages, when they are preached well, testify to Jesus Christ alone. That's it. Nothing else. No political movement, no Ponzi scheme, no get rich quick, no give them my ministry and you'll be healed. None of that. These from cover to cover testify to Jesus, these pages. He is the word of truth. We're going to do a little holiday play with the little ones here, I think the 11th of December, and the point is finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And most of you guys have looked at this, they're going to have a stop clock, so they got to roll, but that's part of the skit, right? You guys are like, ooh. But the point is, from page to page, it's Jesus. And James says, that's who God sent forth. Being aware of that and wanting to learn more about that and wanting to teach that, because that involves learning, and reflecting on that, and then taking the action tomorrow at work, that's better than the latest poll numbers, per se. Though the latest poll numbers are real. But what I'm trying to get us at, and what I promise to do, is to lead in this fashion. Next verse. Know this, my beloved brothers. This is the hard part. <laughs> Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We all know that one. We've heard it if we've been in church from a young. That's a good, uh, that's a good verse to beat your kids over with if you're a parent. <laughs> and we can read that verse with our children, but let's keep reading. Next verse. And here's the, here's the bombshell. Read that. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Why do most of us get angry? Oh, in church, we're almost done, I promise. Why do you get angry? Don't answer it out loud, that'd be awkward. Just think in your heart. Mostly because you think you are wrong, right. Most of the time, you think you have righteous indignation brewing, right? Even scripturally. Okay, we can debate that too. But what James is getting at for the church as a pastor is, go back one verse. No, there we go. Thank you. These two verses link. Go over to 20 now. I'm really messing them up back there. Go back one verse. In our slow to hear, quick to become angry, and quick to speak, 
James is correlating that's what usually where anger is bred. When we don't hear people, Christians, you ever, are you ever in a little conversation with someone and you don't even listen, you just start formulating your rebuttal before you even hear what they say? Because you know there are talking points? Is the election on Tuesday? James says, don't. Listen to people. Listen to Christians. And then he just gets real with us in verse 20. You can go to 20 now. Because no matter what you do, if your anger is amplified, and if you become angry, angry, Paul tells us, be angry and do not what? Sin. Anybody ever mastered that one? I'm not even close. I master it for like five seconds and then I'm sinning. This does not produce the righteousness God's looking for. What do we learn about from the Sermon on Ultimately, God is about righteousness and justice. It's always been that way. God is about a right relationship with him, right relationship with people, and justice. And James speaks as a pastor to Christians. Most of us as Christians in this room want to produce righteousness unto God. That's why we're here still. Your heart is passionate about things. Your blood boils over things, and it should, but are losing it, are losing our minds, are acting a fool, does not produce righteousness. Well, pastor, what does? I'm glad you asked. You just studied it for six months if you've been here. Jesus taught us his way, the way of the kingdom, going the extra mile. Oh, gosh. Walking with the Roman soldier, one mile, it was, a, it was here, stand up, because you look pretty today. Awesome, very pretty. Come on. You're the Roman soldier. I have to walk to Gloria. That's my duty, right? And you say, you walk to Gloria. It's Roman law. Say it. Wow, that was convincing. Here we go. Wait, I got to carry something, too. Okay, this is very nice. Very fashionable. This is heavy, by the way. I got to carry his pack. Here we go. This is law. And I'm just going, you, oh my gosh, your family must be ashamed of you, or whatever we think, right? And then anger says, I'm done. But the gospel says, the good news of Jesus, I'm bound by no law. Want to go another mile? Now, how does she feel? Tell me. Well, you don't have to do it. Come on. No, come on. Come on, all the way up. But this is the point. Thank you. Let's hear it for Jessica. Very good, right? Very good. But the point in all this is this. The righteousness God wants from us, he's explained in his son, the true word. I hope the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the teaching of Jesus, flood your life. Don't visit them once every three years. Visit them every week and start living in light of them. So James, this pastor, is still pastoring. He's preaching He's dealing with issues. Guess where? In the church. This is his job. He actually uh, has become a hero of mine because as I'm a pastor for more years, as John and Kevin said, it's the greatest job, but at times it's the uh, job because there's so much to do. It's kind of like you're a jack of all trades. Look at verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness who? Jesus. That's what it means. I'll show it. 
Because some of you are like, huh? Receive with meekness and humility Jesus Christ, the implanted word. Which is able to save your soul. Can Leviticus 22 save your soul or mine? Can Matthew 7 save your soul or mine? That's a trick question too, right? Well, yeah. Jesus saves our souls, church. And Leviticus 22 pointed out correctly, along with Matthew 7, pointed out correctly, points all people to who? The soul saver, Jesus. That's the gospel. There's lots to the gospel. So receive him. Don't receive just a system. Don't receive just a set of doctrines. Those are all good. Receive Christ, the living Christ, the one who can save a human soul. James is urging us and them. And I hope you see the last couple parts I mentioned in this. Verse 22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I don't have to preach this. In Bible college, you know what they say? Preach James first because all the analogies are right there. You know, the rudder and the fire and the tongue and all these things. But I'm just going to read and let the Holy Spirit impact all of our hearts. James 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of what the Lord has commanded. Ultimately, what has the Lord commanded from the beginning? Love God and love other people. Be right with God and treat other people well, justly. But God didn't stop there. He sent us his son who we now have as not only Savior, but as an example. Remember the, what would Jesus do back in the 90s? It falls short because it's kind of weird sometimes, but it's a decent reminder. What did Jesus do when he found someone caught in sin and the mob was ready to sacrifice them? Jesus said, I hear what you're saying, but y'all who haven't sinned, throw the first stone. Be my guest. And then when the teaching of the day was about how many wives can I have, it's still kind of there, right, for men, some of us, you know, not me, but men. I got one and she's great, that's all I can handle. I'm, I'm telling you that right now, right? But when the teaching of the day was to diminish women, Jesus said, it's always been for life, one man, one woman. And even his disciples were like, what? And as we read the scriptures, as we walk with Jesus, as we read about him, and as we read about the apostles and the rest who came and the prophets, we see what, we are ought to, what we're to do. And then James says, don't just see it and hear it. What does he say? Do it. Nike didn't come up with it. James did. Just do it. It was James. Just go do it. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. If I just hear what Jesus said and look, in, this is what he's saying, it's like me looking in the mirror and going to the club and thinking I'm Brad Pitt. That's what it literally means. That's comical, right? Ladies, you can agree. Yeah, that is comical. Or who's the new guy? Uh, I don't even know. Who's Justin? No. Who's the guy? Zac Efron. Is he he's too young or whatever? Being a very good looking guy, not so much. James says, if you only hear the word of the Lord, if you only hear the words of Jesus and do nothing, what he's really saying, it's worse than not hearing because what does he say? You are deceived. 
I would rather not be deceived. I would rather be ignorant. James says, Christians, when we live like that, we're not ignorant. We're deceived. Ooh. Pastor James, who wants to go to his church? No, it would have been crazy back then, but it would have been good, right? But he is cutting to the heart of his congregation. Verse 24, I'll finish up, and John and Kevin can come back up here. For he himself looks at him, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is li- was like. Verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, who's the perfect law? He fulfilled it. It's not a code given. It's a pardon from heaven fulfilled on the cross. That's who the perfect law is, right? But that the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James sounds a lot like if his half-brother, blessed are the... That's what he's getting at. And then we'll just throw this in, verse 26. Speaking to Christians, his own Christians, back in the day, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Let me throw a caveat in, a a historical caveat. This is the DJV, Dave Johnson version. It's not gospel, but let me just throw it in there. And I'm speaking to myself. When we used to meet in a school, I used to turn around when I preached to myself. It's awkward now because I'm raised, but I would turn around. So I'm preaching to myself. Dave Johnson, if you think you are religious and don't bridle your tongue or your keyboard, keyboard, you deceive your heart. That's what I'm going to say to myself. Because I don't speak as much as I used to, but oh, can I let the thumbs and fingers go sometimes, right? So this is James. And he goes on what? This person's religion is worthless. In verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is to this. Visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. Justice and what? Righteousness. Just like his big brother taught over and over and over again. Now, righteousness before God is done by God. Salvation is a free gift. That's why we love Paul in that one. Paul clearly says it. It's a gift. No one can boast. God gives it. Will you receive? In giving us salvation, our heart is changed. It's a real change. Christians are new. We're born again. And then we begin to learn, and we become aware, and we reflect, and hopefully we take what? Action. And we serve our Lord. So those are the things, as well with others, that I want to promise to do. To be aware of what's happening in the kingdom and in the fallen world. To always learn. Always learn. Because I don't have all the answers. I hardly have any. To reflect on God and his goodness. To reflect on his faithfulness with churches and this church. And then hopefully that all leads to taking action. To serving our Lord and his kingdom. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, I think God is going to give us the grace to take action in the right way in this community. This community is bustling. This community is growing. There's construction, look, everywhere. 
You know what we're going to do for those 40 condos? We're going to put a home-baked batch of cookies on the doorstep when people move in and an invitation to a barbecue as neighbors. That's action. All the while saying, Lord, make us aware of these people's needs and give us the grace to make them aware of Jesus Christ. That's it. And the rest is just details. That's, that's how the Holy Spirit works. Um, the Night of Lights is the second Friday coming up at San Carlos. Have some people here. Maybe we'll sing some carols and hand out some hot chocolate. But that's the action. When you, it's fun, too. It's not like, I got to go to church. Pursuing Jesus is an adventure. Let me pray. Gentlemen, when I'm done, you can come back up, yeah? Father, help us uh, to learn, be aware, Lord, of the things that are going on. Good, for sure, and uh, evil, per se. Don't let us get too mindful of those, but let us be aware. Father, let us reflect on your goodness and your grace. And as you lead, let us take action and be obedient to what you've called us to. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this body. Thank you for this family. In Jesus' name, amen.